Hi, everyone. It's Nika, the founder of Urban Remedy, welcoming you to the You Are Love podcast, inspiring health through food, lifestyle, and making conscious choices. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the You Are Love podcast. I am super excited to be speaking to the founder and CEO of Quicksilver Scientific, Dr. Christopher Shade. He is bringing his passion for healing. He created innovative supplement delivery systems with Quicksilver and detoxification protocols and his special mercury tests, which I personally have done and think are really interesting. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. So, you know, I'm an acupuncturist and I founded Urban Remedy um, based on my belief in organics and eating clean food and eating food that's, uh, you know, not sprayed with pesticides like glyphosate and things like that. So I know that you're one of your specialties is mercury. I'd love to talk about mercury and just the overall toxic burden, um, you know, that most Americans are dealing with in this day and age. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just as a note, uh... Before I was a PhD chemist, I was an organic farmer. In fact, a long, long time ago. I was really? Bio- yeah. And uh, up in the Northeast, I was uh, NOFA certified. That was the Northeast Organic Farming Association long before there was USDA. And so I did have a, a strong belief in building people's health through building up the health of the soil and the health of the plants. And, uh, you know, that was kind of before there was any money in organic farming. And I joked that I out of business to the year that Whole Foods arrived. Uh, And so I kind of flipped it around towards more of this environmental chemistry approach where I've got to take things away. uh, And that being uh, taking away toxins from people and then uh, taking specific compounds from plants and amplifying their availability into the body to turn up detoxification roots. So uh, you know, I went from this whole foods thing uh, and nourishing to taking away and using specific compounds. I love that. And that goes together so well. I had, you know, I'm still kind of pissed at my mom because um, when I was a kid, <laughs> she, you know, I went to the dentist and I ended up having like eight amalgam fillings in my mouth. And, you know, when I was little, I mean, I hated the way it looked. And then I started, you know, I was really interested in health and then, you know, went to acupuncture school and did my pre-med and everything. And so I started learning about mercury and eventually I had all of them taken out. But, you know, I worried a lot over the years about, especially before I got pregnant, about the mercury in my body. Then I had this patient who had all, you know, major anxiety, couldn't sleep, fatigue, all these weird symptoms. And she had gone to her primary care physician. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with her. And I asked her one day, I was like, well, what, what about your diet? What are you eating? And every single day for like four years straight, she ate sushi for lunch. Yes. And we did a test and her mercury levels were off the charts and I couldn't yep. even believe it. But that was my first kind of like real intro to like seeing somebody that really had mercury toxicity. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, anxiety is the primary manifestation in the brain uh, where it works on the glutamate receptors, which you know, are good for concentration until they get wound up too much. And then you have anxiety. And, you know, you and I are, are close to the same age. And I, it was that age where they just stuff your face full of mercury. I had 17 amalgams. Are you and, kidding? Oh, wow. yeah, it was a big deal. And uh, eventually I got them all out. And 
that was when I developed all of this detoxification system because I went the route of using DMSA, the pharmaceutical chelator, and it just got me sicker and sicker and sicker. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out how does the body, how is it supposed to work with this? And uh, how can I augment the body's ability to get things out? And uh, all of the damage I did to myself with the chelators, I was able to undo by just following the way that the body normally processes that uh, these metals and just turning those pathways up. I love that. And so I, so I have a question for you So about this. So I've, I have a couple of friends that are naturopaths and I, I have a, I see a naturopath. And so you know, in the last couple of years, I'm like, God, since I had all of those fillings and whatever else I've got on with my health, I wanted to test my mercury levels again. So I did your test. You have the, it's called the tri-test, right? Yep. Yeah. So he was saying that you really can't get an accurate test unless you do some, take some sort of chelation agent. But then I read about your test and the methodology behind your test. Can you talk a little bit about like the different thoughts of like how to truly test for heavy metals and what would be the difference between using a chelator and then like a urine test and doing the tri-test? Yeah. So this whole idea of a challenge test for mercury is something that was made up 20 or 30 years ago. And it was a time where we didn't have enough sensitivity to measure well the levels of mercury in the body just and ambient under ambient conditions, like just day to day, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because we, we couldn't test really low in the urine. And so it tend to, you know, what's called below detection limit. So it would say less than this. And people would uh, assume that meant zero. So it was essentially people were seeing zero. And uh, unless you, you know, had some university do it, and then you could see what was in there. And so there grew up this idea that you could take a chelator and what the chelator does is take a lot of the mercury that's in circulation on the blood proteins and the red blood cells and solubilize it so you can pee it out. So all of a sudden you pee out a ton of mercury. And there was this idea that went with that, that, well, you just can't see all the mercury. And this challenge test pushes all the mercury out of your tissues and into the urine where you can then see it. But in reality, that mercury was always there, but at a low level, and the uh, chelating agent just rose the level quite a bit. And so once we were able to see down to really low levels, then we didn't need that anymore. And the big problem with that is your reference range. So every time you do a lab test, you're going to get some number, like say it's blood sugar, and you have a number and they have a reference range. So in the normal population, it should be from here to there. And if you're way above the population or below the population or even towards the ends, then we say there's a problem. So the problem with the challenge testing is they would give you this chelator, which always is going to drastically increase how much mercury comes out of the urine. And then they would compare that number to the reference range of unchallenged urine. Mm -hmm. So just regular urine. So it's like a 10x multiplier on your urine all the time. But then you're looking at it uh, on an unchallenged range. And so it always looks hot. In fact, there was one guy who was uh, selling DMPS and he was also selling challenge tests. And he, he told me once that he had a thousand doctors at this huge convention all do challenge tests. And, you know, people always say, oh, I'm off the charts. Well, of those 1,950 were off the charts. Oh, my God. Because 
And it's not because everybody's drastically mercury toxic. I mean, we all have a lot of exposure, but if you amplify how much is coming out and compare it to non-challenged urine, then you're creating this excuse where everybody's high and you have to treat everybody. The reality is there can be little pockets of mercury in you, like say up in your jawbone or in a certain organ where, you know, sometimes we'll have these patterns where we hyperaccumulate the metal in a certain organ or a certain area. And there's no real way to know that. I mean, you're almost better if you're trying to find this sort of hidden mercury, you're almost better energetic testing on it to see. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so this idea of the challenge test being able to go into all the cells and give you this representative number was never really true. So it's better to go in and see what the metal's doing, what forms are in it. And that was, there was two things that we brought to the table. One is being able to measure really, really low. So there's never, you know, oh, below detection or there's nothing there. Uh, so we were able to measure everything that's going on and we're able to separate the two forms of mercury. Uh, the main two forms in uh, a typical person are methylmercury that comes from fish and inorganic mercury, which is coming from your dental amalgams and some of it's coming from the breakdown of the fish. And those two forms are very different. One is very mobile through the body and one is very sticky into the tissues. One is going out uh, through urine uh, and through the bile and stool and the other one is only going out through the bile. And so uh, when people weren't looking at all these things, so we'd look at hair, blood and mercury all together and separate the two forms. Uh, once we have that, we have this whole map of what's going on. We can see how well your kidneys are filtering out. We can see how well you're mobilizing methylmercury when we look at how much comes through the hair versus the blood. And before that, everybody had to kind of make up stories for why this was high or that was low. And so this is just a much more clear way to do it. Yeah. And it's so much easier. Like I never wanted to take the chelation. I never wanted to do like the DMSO yeah. or any of that stuff. Um, because I've heard from so many people that they felt really crappy after they did it. And just intuitively, I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It really wasted me out and uh, fixing myself involved finding the system that I have now. And it was really while I was just really at my lowest point, I call it the dark night of my biochemical soul <laughs> that I was going to these uh, Colorado functional forum meetings and or Colorado functional medicine meetings and watching a lot of doctors, uh, you know, really progressive functional medicine doctors talk about different things like, you know, liver and GI health, immunology, toxins. And where I saw, oh, my God, I'm going the wrong way. Forcing this all out through the kidneys with the chelators is not the way to go. Mm -hmm. Drawing it out naturally, dominantly through uh, the liver and bioflow is a much better way to go. And that's where I developed our whole system from. And, and it fixed me really fast. And you know, I love that because one of the things I've I've learned in my dark night of the soul, uh, the physical soul or whatever you, you yeah, put it was- biochemical soul. Yeah, biochemical soul is like when you try too hard to make your body do something when when it's not ready to do it, it, it doesn't work no matter kind of what you're doing. Uh, and so what I love about what you just said, it's like I've really been focusing on our innate ability to heal and innate healing and how our body really already has everything that it needs to heal. But sometimes it needs a nudge or you have to, you know, you know, whatever you have to figure out whatever your thing is, everybody, it might be yeah, something absolutely. in your GI tract or whatever. But I love what I love about what you just said. It's like, 
really like using the bile and and doing it that way, you're supporting your body's natural ability to detoxify without like pushing and squeezing and like forcing something to happen, which is why you didn't feel good when you did it. Right, right. And I know now from doing the tri test where you can look at inorganic mercury in the blood versus in the urine, and then you know how well the kidneys are filtering things out. I didn't have that test then. <laughs> and right. obviously mine was all blocked. And so when I took all those chelators and they they stirred up all that mercury out of the, the blood proteins, there was nowhere for it to go. Because I what I was measuring was just mercury in the urine. Now I'm taking these chelators and the mercury is supposed to go up really high and nothing's happening. You know, there's barely any more coming out. And that's because that block was there from the blood into the urine. And so I was just stirring it up, moving it around and making myself sicker. Yeah. So that's a good segue into, I mean, I have another question about mercury, but that's kind of a good segue into, you guys have a really amazing glutathione product, which I've used in the past. Can you talk a little bit about glutathione and how that works in terms of like helping your body to detoxify? Yeah. So glutathione is something that you make in your body and it's made out of three amino acids, glutamate, glycine, and cysteine. The special part here is the cysteine, which has a kind of sulfur on it called a sulfhydryl group. Now, this kind of sulfur binds very strongly onto heavy metals, uh, most particularly mercury, cadmium, and arsenic. And this is actually how you get those metals out of your body. So if there's mercury in a cell, you link it onto glutathione and you have an enzyme to help it link onto it. And then when you have the mercury glutathione conjugate, it's a pair, they're bound together. Then it goes out through a series of transporters, transported that moves it out of the cell, a trans- into the blood, a transporter that moves it from the blood into the liver, one from the liver out into the bile or in the kidneys from the blood to the proximal tubules and then into the urine. So mercury is linked on to metallic toxins. It's also linked on to a number of mold toxins, a number of environmental toxins. And then those are moved through a series of doors out of the body. And mercury can get very depleted in the body, especially when you're under a lot of toxic stress, when you're under a lot of just emotional stress, and you're always in what's called sympathetic or fight or flight Mm -hmm. state, uh, or under immunological stress, or if uh, you're not eating the right foods, you won't have enough mercury. And mercury, yes, it's there for detoxification. It's also one of your most important antioxidants for free radical control. And it's a major part of the immune system's ability to stay poised. And even in longevity, the amount of reduced versus oxidized glutathione, which is a measure of your redox potential, sort of how oxidized you are, uh, is a driver of telomerase, which keeps your genes in this young, el- elongated uh, way. And so mm-hmm. uh, glutathione is doing all these things. The most important to our story today is this detoxification of mercury. Uh, but when it gets low, you can't do all these things. And uh, like I said, not only does your detoxification go down, but your immunity goes down too. So we need to boost it back up. And if everything's working good in your body, just getting more amino acids, especially cysteine, it could be whey protein, uh, will get you enough glutathione. But when that system's really stressed out, these enzymes that make the glutathione are weak and they're, uh, they're not doing a good job. So you can bring glutathione directly in 
in a form called a liposomal glutathione. Now, assuming that the liposomal glutathione is made correctly, and it often isn't, but when it is made correctly, and this is how we make all of our products, they go into these little nanofat bubbles, these tiny little oil bubbles, and the the skin of the bubble is actually made out of the same thing your cell membranes are made out of. So they're like tiny little cells. And when you take them in your mouth, you start absorbing them right across the mucous membranes in your mouth, into the capillaries and right into circulation. So whenever we're under a lot of physiological stress or oxidative stress or toxic stress or immune stress, or if we're doing uh, a detoxification, we can bring in more glutathione in this form to help the body do its job. What about people, I mean, and I, I guess I'm also asking for myself, but I've, I've treated a lot of people who are poor detoxifiers. So would they, like, I notice if I take too much glutathione, I don't feel great. Um, is it something that, I, I noticed that you mentioned sulfur. Is it something, if you're a poor detoxifier, like if you have the double MTHFR gene, would you still be able to use glutathione in the same way? Yes, you'll still be able to use it, but you have to be... Uh, you, you might have to couple it with uh, with some other things. Now, MTHFR is one of the genes, uh, but you might have a CBS mutation where sulfur processing is a little bit difficult for you, and then you might need a little molybdenum with it. You, uh, you might, however, and this is often the case, have just a sluggish bile flow. So the way that toxins move out, so if we go back, I kind of ran through it real quick, but... The mercury is in the cell. You link it to glutathione. You make this mercury glutathione conjugate. It pushes into the blood. It's going to be pulled from there into the liver. Now, here's where problems start to happen. To get out of the liver, you actually go through bile transporters into the bile tree, and you go out with the bile flow into the small intestines. And what often happens is the bile flow is blocked. And uh, any amount of inflammation can block the bioflow, especially from endotoxemia. Endotoxin are little parts of bacteria that cause inflammation, and they come where you have leaky barriers. And the most notable of that is leaky gut. And so from the GI, you have this endotoxin come in, causes inflammation, blocks up your bile transporters that dump the toxins down into the GI tract. This can also come from uh, periodontitis. So the bacteria in your oral cavity uh, can cause inflammation and they can get into the blood and cause these kind of problems. Or estrogen dominance or just stress all block the bioflow. So the toxins go into the liver, but they can't complete their journey. And then what happens is they build up in the liver and then the liver dumps them back into the blood to get rid of them. And then they go to the kidneys and they cause kidney stress. They go to the skin. You might have itching and then rashes in the skin. They go to the brain. They cause brain fog. It's all causing a lot of inflammation that's making you feel crappy. So one of the things you can do for that is uh, take bitter herbs, you know, and, and these can be traditional old uh, bitter herbs like Swedish bitter remedies or the German remedies or... Uh, dandelion extract, gentian extract, or some of the blends that we make for this, like our Bitter X. Uh, even myrrh is a really good bitter detoxifier. And all that opens up bioflow and gets it down to the GI tract. 
I love that because at the simple, because, you know, it gets so complicated. And um, one time I was doing a talk and this woman was like, I have, you know, and she named all of the mutations and the genetic yeah. things that she had found. And she's like, basically, I only eat. So she had like three foods that she ate. And I was like, God, that's not very fun. Like, you know, no. I mean, and there's so many genes and I try not to even focus on that because there's so many genes that we don't even know what they do that just like focusing on the ones that we do can give us information. But sometimes we can go get so hooked into that way of thinking and you're just thinking about the parts rather rather than the whole body. So it can be really. Yeah. No, people get very paralyzed by their genes, but it's like, I have a. And then about, I don't have any glutathione as transferase. So it's like, well, no, you'd be dead then. Right. You might not have one of the 30 isoforms of glutathione as transferase. And there's one that's, you know, in some people is called null. It doesn't exist. And I'm one of those guys. And I have some MTHFR genes and I have CBS genes. I got a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, the body's still going to work even with those. You just right. have to you know, take a little bit more care and look, you know, what is the whole systemic thing? We got to get the bioflow going or this stuff's not going to get out. And then binders in the GI when you're doing, uh, when you're really trying to detox and binders are solids like charcoal that don't get absorbed, but they absorb things that come out of your bile, toxins that come out of the bile and toxins that are formed in the GI tract. And they even absorb the endotoxin I was talking about, the bacterial mm -hmm. parts. And so when you do dump the toxins down into the GI tract, a lot of them get reabsorbed. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a formal detox and you take your glutathione and then you take your bitters and you're dumping all that stuff into the GI, then you're going to chase it down with things like charcoals and zeolites. We have some specialized ones, but even yeah, though- Yeah, I love your ultra binder. That's such a good product. I've taken that before. Exactly. And so then that catches all that so you don't reabsorb it. And when you do it sequentially like that, it works really, really well and you don't have all those side effects. For somebody who is a poor detox fire, you know, if somebody was doing like your liver sauce and then just the binder, would that be a good starting point for somebody? Be a great starting point. Then they, you know, they can add glutathione on, they can add CBD if they want to quell inflammation while they do that. And then it's just about doses. You know, if they're having a hard time at the, you know, one teaspoon of, of liver sauce and a teaspoon of ultra binder, just pull it back to half of that. Right. Almost any time you're detoxing and having a hard time, you pull back to half that dose and you get your grounding again, you, you know, everything's starting to flow and you're good. And then you can go back up. Okay. I love that. That's great. Um, the other, I had one more question I wanted to ask you about the heavy metals. So there's so many, um, you know, different theories about parasites and heavy metals. Um, can <laughs> you, can you, I would love to hear your, your kind of interpretation about that relationship. Like if you were to, let's say somebody was high in mercury or whatever, heavy metals, and then they did a cleanse and, you know, cleared out the, the heavy metals. Do you think, do you see lingering parasites or where do you see that relationship? Well, there's a number of different relationships that are going on. Now let's pull back just broadly before we go directly to parasites. There is a, a, a question often when, when people get pretty sick, there's usually an overlapping of a chronic infection of some sort maybe multiple organisms living in a biofilm systemically and chronic toxicity. Now, first you got to know that inflammation and detoxification are fundamental opposites. Mm -hmm. As long as you have inflammation, it's blocking detoxification because inflammation is usually there for like a, uh, an acute infection. You, and when you do have an acute infection, you turn inflammation way up and your white blood cells and the rest of your immune system 
makes prooxidants. They make hydrogen peroxide. They make bleach-like molecules, and they're killing things with it. Anti and uh, detoxification is all part of an antioxidant system. So while you're pro-oxidant inflammatory, you turn down detoxification. All right, so when you have chronic infections and toxins, the chronic infections are keeping this low-level inflammation going all the time. The toxins are keeping the immune system dysregulated. So they're working together to keep the problem in place. So the question was always, what do you do first? And some people would, some people would say, you detoxify, then the immune system fixes itself. What we've really found over time is do the immune work. Sometimes you can do them both at the same time, but you definitely have to start beating down the chronic infections before you can even unleash the detoxification system. Mm -hmm. Then as you detoxify more and more, the immune system gets stronger and stronger. All right. That's a general thing around uh, infections and toxins. Now, specifically around parasites. If you have uh, dental amalgams and you'll be swallowing mercury all the time and that mercury is going to dysregulate your immune system, it may allow some things to start growing in your GI tract, but it does ironically suppress certain organisms as well and certain parasites. And then you take the mercury out and sometimes the parasites will grow even more. There's various different theories on, you know, uh, yeasts and funguses and uh, being there to that your body lets them grow so that they can sequester some of the heavy metals. Uh, I, I don't really know because there's this constant overlap between the toxins dysregulating the immune system, the dysregulated immune system leaving uh, things to grow, which shouldn't be there. It's a little bit hard to know who the chicken or the egg was. But over time, we have to deal with both of them. And the farther, like the closer we're getting to good health, the more the system just fixes itself. Right. I get that. I love that. So clear the toxins, you know, first to reduce the toxic burden and then go in and try to fix the immune system. Or well, sometimes- Well, no. If no. you have, if you know you have uh, a, a chronic infection going on, try to address that first. Right. Then detoxify. And you know, because there'll be levels of things growing, yeah. And but you might have something you know kind of strong at the top of that. You got to knock that out, and then detoxify. And you, you might go be going back and forth, or you might try to do it all together. I mean, often we'll have uh, our our push catch detox along with artemisinin or a microbe manager to try to mm -hmm. clear out some of this microbial burden that's in you. Right. Okay, cool. I love that. And people that are listening can look on the Quicksilver scientific website. And I know you even have practitioners listed on there. Um, thank you for, for answering that. Um, okay. I do want to go over the products that we're selling at Urban Remedy, but I want to ask yeah. you, what would be, do you guys have any supplements? I'm not sure for leaky gut or that heal the gut. Well, we're not as directly just uh, about leaky gut. It's right. more as you systemically are changing things, you can heal leaky gut. So UltraBinder does help with that because it's helping it's helping you correct uh, your microbial imbalances and it would work together with like probiotics there. But one of the things that is 
helping seal leaky gut is AMPK activation and building NAD. They, they really act to bring the health back to the lining. And so the AMPK charge does work that way. It's not working directly on it, but it's activating uh, pathways in your body, which help to heal that. So, you know, when you're, when you have, you know, directly leaky gut, you have to do some uh, work with probiotics. You have to normalize your flora. You might want to heal the lining with things like licorice extract, marshmallow root, slippery elm. Uh, those are all real good for that. At the same time, you need to heal uh, metabolic disturbances that we have. And so something like AMPK charge is going to work on that level. And you have to clear toxins out of your GI tract. And so uh, the ultra binder works on that level. Perfect. I love it. Um, okay. So let's talk about the products that we were selling at Urban Remedy. And when we're talking about these, because most people listening probably don't have, you know, aren't healthcare practitioners. Um, so let's try to talk about it in a way that really like a lay person can understand, like super easy. Because I think like it's been, we are people that work in our stores have been trying to explain like the AMPK, for example, and have been having a little bit of a difficult time explaining like <laughs> they're not going to get into like the pathways, right? Because they don't understand that. So I just want to talk about it in a way that's really easy to understand. So let's start there with the AMPK. It's a fast in a bottle. A fat, there you go. I know. Cause I was saying like, I don't, it's, I would, I don't want to say weight loss. Like I, people probably do take it to help weight loss, but I, when I was looking at the formula, like, oh, there's a lot of things in here that, um, balance your blood sugar level or yeah. help clear the excess estrogen in your body. So, yeah. And so what AMPK is, is that's the pathway that's activated when you carb restrict, when you're on a keto diet, when you water fast, when you intermittent fast, when you exercise, AMPK, when you run out of ATP, like when you're eating carbs and stuff, you got a lot of free energy and you're not tapping into your reserves. You're not tapping into your fat. You're just using up the carbs. And then you run out of them and the ATP using up his energy results in AMP. And then the AMP kinase is AMPK senses that and says, oh, damn, we need more energy. And it reaches into stored glycogen and mobilizes it. It reaches into stored fat and mobilizes it as ketones. And in fact, AMPK charge, we used to call keto before six. It was this clever, too clever title uh, that you could be keto by day and eat carbs at night. And so when you take enough of this, yeah, you'll just start generating blood ketones uh, enough to be in in uh, a nutritional ketosis. And somebody doesn't need to be eating a keto diet to take it, correct? No, 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 not at all. Because it's doing some of the things that the keto diet does for you. And it's doing it uh, through these compounds doing that. In fact, probably uh, one of the best pharmaceuticals out there for uh, people who aren't sick is metformin. Uh, if you don't have diabetes or uh, metabolic disease, you can still take it for metabolic efficiency. And in fact, with glycemic control, we're just finishing up uh, studies on people doing oral glucose tolerance tests. Do you remember those from like being pregnant? Yes. Yes. I hate it. You have to drink that really disgusting, like yes. toxic sugar Yes, Thanks. orange toxic sugar water, 75 yeah. grams of sugar. And you're looking for 
what your glucose levels do and your insulin levels. And you're looking for glucose not to go over 140. You want to keep it uh, up there if your glycemic control is good enough. But most people, it'll go up to 180 or so. And and that's an indication that you're having poor blood sugar control. And we took some people where that happens and we gave them AMPK charge, gave them an, uh, an oral glucose tolerance test after taking the AMPK charge, and then they had a normal glycemic. That's so cool. I actually know a couple people that take metformin for that reason. They don't have any issues with blood sugar, but they're taking it as a longevity. Yeah, uh, you know. so that's what yeah. AMPK charge is. It's nature's metformin. I'm so glad you said that. I, I mean, I saw there was some stuff in there for blood sugar, but that is great to know. Yeah, berberine, resveratrol, quercetin. But all these are AMPK activators and they block mTOR, which turns you also upregulates autophagy, which uh, autophagy is going in and clearing out old dead parts of your cells and whole cells. Like your mitochondria make all this energy and they're trying to like house this inferno without burning up themselves. In fact, your mitochondria run at 50 degrees centigrade and they're controlling everything highly. They have all these uh, antioxidants in there. And when they lose control, they just burn right up. And you have to get rid of the damaged ones. And that's autophagy or, or self-eating. And it's during these periods of fasting or when you're taking these compounds. And so, as you said, you see the known blood sugar modifiers like uh, like uh, berberine in there. And, you know, then resveratrol, people know that. Quercetin's becoming a big uh, metabolic thing. Uh, and then why did I use DIM and silymarin? Well, they hit these same triggers too. They work with NAD and sirtuins. And uh, then the DIM is going to work for us on a hormone level and on an immunological level. They help turn down food reactivities. That's one of the things about DIM people don't know. And then all this activity is really centered in the liver. These uh, these triggers and these signals for how to handle your metabolism come out of the liver. And so the silymarin working in the liver is helping clean that up too. And so we stacked all those together to be hitting AMPK, uh, you know, from different directions and having other re other effects that they have to make it a whole global effect. I love that. See, now that you said that, it makes me want to start taking it because I even wasn't taking this. Oh, you'll love it. You get so much energy all day because you're just clean burning all day. I love it. All right. I'm going to start that. Okay, perfect. And so the next one that we have is the immune charge. I love yeah, that product. Yeah. In fact, I'm not done with ambulance. Oh, keep going. Let's go. Keep it up. Because uh, I was just thinking, you know, so there's a huge overlap between liver sauce and AMPK charge. And the liver sauce is has more liver-directed things, bioflow movers and NRF2 upregulators. So there's a little bit more of a hit on detox, but there's a lot of the same compounds. The DIM is in there. The silymarin is in there. The quercetin is in there. And those are metabolic triggers too. And so it's uh, – in fact, that's why, you know, there was a study on 100 fatty liver cases using uh, push catch and it got 82% resolution of fatty liver uh, with that and some diet in one to two months. It was huge. Wow. Because of this combination of detox and that metabolic trigger AMPK. So a lot of those things are in the AMPK charge. Now, AMPK charge is more about this metabolic trigger, but it has a lot of effect on detoxification, too. 
So AMPK charge is helping detoxify your liver and it's moving up fat soluble toxins. And often people in the first couple of days they're taking AMPK charge have to take ultra binder or some charcoal caps because you're starting to mobilize things that were stored in your fat. So it's metabolic and it's detox. I, I'm gonna start that tomorrow, all right. Um, okay, so then we have the immune charge, which I love. And I was trying, I was explaining this as, you know, this is great. I mean, obviously everybody's worried about COVID and the flu season is starting and colds and whatever. So I've just been telling everybody, this is like everything that you need in one bottle in a liposomal form. <laughs> so it's like super easy. Is that, am I, is that correct? Oh, totally. I mean, that one's so easy. You know, it's everything immune in one shot. Uh, you got the, the big dose of D, big dose of A, your big dose of C, big dose of elderberry, and then you have balancing levels of K and a special vitamin E called tocotrienol. The tocotrienol there is to balance the high A dose, and the K is to balance the high D dose. The high D dose can mobilize calcium, but K drives calcium back into the bones where it needs to be. Uh, so that whole thing is so balanced and it's such a charge for the immune system. Uh, it's just a wonderful product. I love that. So, um, I know it's a little bit, um, you know, people are a little bit, you know, ha have some, uh, fear around talking about COVID, but like, let's say you had a flu or COVID, um, what would be like your top three? I mean, obviously I would go for the immune charge. Would you do that at a higher dose? Yeah. Uh, do you have the 100 mil bottle or the uh, little shots? We have the larger, the 100 mil. 100, 100 mil. mil bottle. Okay. Uh, I would do two teaspoons three times a day for like three days straight. And then okay. you can drop down to two teaspoons per day. And then would you add a, like the liposomal C with that? Or would you not need it if you were taking that? You wouldn't need it. But, you know, I, sometimes it helps to have more C. Just see how you, how you feel. You know, last time I was, you know, hyper sick, I used both. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Um, and then the next product we have is the ultravitamin. Yes. And uh, I would also use AMPK charge. So another thing I didn't talk about with AMPK charge, autophagy, when I was talking about like eating up old mitochondria, uh, there's something called xenophagy, where you're taking uh, viruses or bacteria or parasites, pulling them into the cell and digesting them, and then reading the patterns on their cell membranes and making antibodies to fit those patterns. So it's a higher level immune reaction. And during a lot of acute inflammatory infections, you will downregulate this process. So you wanna keep that process going. So if you felt like you had a cold or a flu, you would be doing the immune charge and with the AMPK charge? Yeah, and immune okay. charge more often a day, just once a day hit that AMPK charge. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And then, um, the next product, the last product that we have from you guys is the Thrivagen. Yep. And, oh, and, and we didn't hit the multivitamin and oh, I yeah. just, well, you started to, and of course I, I, you know, redirected. Oh you. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we did right. it. Oh, hello. Yeah. And, and the multivitamin is a great immune one too. Cause that's got, you know, big doses of D and K and A, and it's got all these kinds of carotenoids in it. And, 
you know, this is sort of one of our slightly unsung heroes. Those who use it love it to death. And uh, because people are like, yeah, multivitamin, whatever, give me something more esoteric. But a multivitamin with lots of different carotenoids and, and tocopherols and tocotrienol, and it all in a high bioavailability formula where you absorb everything at once really can be a game changer. And where I've seen it like really show itself is in the elderly. You know, you have people over 60 uh, or, or in their 70s and they take this and they're like, oh my God, I feel so good because their absorption has been so dysregulated and you just bypass all of those problems they have in absorption and you have this big flush of all the good stuff all at once. I love that. And talk a little bit about, we didn't talk about how you take these. So you can take them. I was having a little acid reflux a couple months ago and I was like, I really, I couldn't take anything that had alcohol in it. And yeah. so I was just taking your stuff and putting it under my tongue and spitting it out oh. because I couldn't swallow. The alcohol yeah. would irritate my stomach. So let's talk a, a little bit about your the delivery system. Yeah. So these are called liposomes and nanoemulsions. They're, we're using the same thing that your cell membranes are made out of, phospholipids. And we're... Uh, we, there's a way that you can blend them into water. They're derived from lecithins and you purify them out of lecithin, which is used as a homogenizer or an emulsifier, I'm sorry, for baking and cooking. And you purify out these uh, phospholipids and it, you can put them into solution a certain way that they instantly form these spheres. And if you have, uh, you're putting them into water and they're forming these spheres. And if you've got glutathione or B-complex in that water, it'll form little spheres around them. And then we take and we chop them down into tiny, tiny, tiny little spheres. And they get so small that they absorb right across the mucous membranes in your mouth. As you swallow, they absorb in your stomach, in your upper GI. And you get this rapid and high absorption of these compounds. And uh, the liposome is for the water solubles and the nanoemulsion is for the fat solubles. Like if you're doing vitamin D or vitamin A or vitamin K or CBD or in the AMPK charge, all those are fat or alcohol-soluble compounds that have very low absorption usually and very slow absorption. And so in these delivery systems, the liposomes and the nanoemulsions, you get high absorption and really fast absorption, like quercetin. You see it go in and peak in the blood and then you know, all metabolize out you know, over two hours. And so it goes in, it gets to a high blood level, and that's where it's able to trigger things like NRF2, which is your detox trigger, AMPK, the metabolic trigger, or if it's triggering death of senolytic cell or of senescent cells, these are old zombie-like cells. It does that at high levels. And the levels that it gets up to, you'll have 25 times more absorption of Preston in this nanoemulsion than you do in a powder. And so it's really a game changer in how it affects the system. And that's why people really feel the difference when they take uh, these formulas in this delivery system. Yeah. And that's why I love these products so much. Cause I feel like there's, there are, I mean, obviously not all supplements are created equal and um, the bioavailability of the product is so important. I mean, there's so many, you know, products that people take that they just pee right out. So this right. feels like it really gets into your system, which makes it uh, superior, I would say. 
Oh yeah. It's, it, it really is a game changer and that's, you know, why we have so many doctors uh, use these products. Yes, definitely. And what, so then the Thrivagen. So this one has been a little confusing because uh, we've had a lot of questions about if men could take the Thrivagen. So I'd love you to talk about like the basic uses of Thrivagen and then your, your, inter, your recommendation if men yeah. were interested. So, so Thrivagen came, uh, it was one of a three part system. Uh, and there was Ultra Energy, Nano Mojo, and Thrivagen. And ultra energy was the base of this. And, you know, I don't remember the exact number of herbs, but say it's, you know, 10 herbs in there. And they're very common adaptogens, you know, like ashwagandha and eleutherococcus and ginsengs. And they're pretty neutral, you know, they, they're not like male herbs or female herbs. And then they put a little bit more yang herbs in them, you know, two or three other things that are a little bit more zingy. And they call that nano mojo. And then on the other hand, they put two or three herbs that uh, are used in female formulas. And it's not because they build estrogen, but they're better at moving stagnant blood. And so they're good at moving uh, blood out during the period. They're good at keeping uh, the periphery warm. Women, you know, tend to are a little cooler. And so they tend to stagnate a little bit more. And so these are slightly warming uh, things like Don Quai, uh and Chase Tree Berry, and then uh, things that are nourishing like asparagus root. And so uh, a, a lot, uh, it's no problem for men to take these, uh, to take Thrivagen, because it's not like Oh, yeah, and this is turning up estrogen production or progesterone production. Uh, it's just that, you know, tends, they tend to be good for women because it keeps their energy circulating really well. But for men, circulating energy, circulating blood is a really a big deal, too. And some of the guys I know uh, like that one the best. And other people, you know, will gravitate to one of the other formulas. What would be the person that you would say, oh, Thrivagen is perfect for you? It would be somebody with like PMS or something that feels sluggish, low energy. Yeah, anything where, you know, the cycles are bad. And uh, let, let me just say something generally around uh, around female health about all uh, all of the products we have and, and these products in, uh, in general. I was talking about bitters before mm -hmm. and bitters help with bioflow. Well, women have way more bioflow issues than men do. They lose, there's way more gallbladder surgeries on women than there are on men. And so bitters are a really important thing at this liver level. But now let's connect the brain, the liver, and the uterus and the ovaries all together and talk about them together because they go together. So what else blocks bile? Estrogen. When you're estrogen dominant, that blocks bile. And in the brain, when you're estrogen dominant, you have glutamate dominance. Glutamate and GABA are the yin-yang pair of your brain, the big drivers of the yin-yang. The, the excitatory or forward driving gives you concentration and memory is called glutamate. And the calm zen one that chills you out, puts you more into rest and digest mode uh, is called GABA. And Estrogen stirs up the glutamate receptors, so you become over-glutamate dominant. So when glutamate is firing too much, you get anxiety and irritability yeah. and puts you in sympathetic overdrive, so that fight or flight. So that's high estrogen, fight or flight, locked bile. Mm -hmm. So 
then in uh, you know for cycling, uh, the uterus has the highest. And we're switching over to talking about CBD, but we'll see how that jives between the reproductive organs in the brain. And so CBD, we know for calming down the brain, right? And it does that at this glutamate GABA level by calming down the glutamate receptors. So it chills you out in the brain. But in the uterus, the uterus actually has the highest density of cannabinoid receptors in the whole body. And so CBD mm. interacts, with, uh, interacts with estrogen to prepare the lining of the uterus for implantation. So it's a big part of your cycle is the endocannabinoid system. So CBD is helping that at a, implant, or at, at a lining level, at a brain level, and it's helping uh, that calming down helps open up your liver and let that go. Then the bitters, well, it turns out that the ovaries have this huge density of bitter receptors. You think bitter receptors are just on your tongue. They're on your tongue. They're in your stomach. They're in your pancreas. All these bitter things like in the MPK charge, the berberine is the bitterest formula, it, it, the bitterest herb in there. And that's the thing that's most responsible for glycemic control. And a lot of that triggering may be happening through bitter receptors on the pancreas. So bitters and CBD help women cycle better. And then you overlay the thrivagen on that. And that's helping at an adaptogen level to help them cycle better. Mm, that is so interesting. And did you say the bitters, I mean, sorry, did you say the CBD helps lower or block the glutamate channels in the brain to help with anxiety? Did I interpret that right? Yes, that's how that happens. And then there's a process called neuroinflammation when the, where the immune cells in the brain called microglia get all agitated. And then they're releasing pro-inflammatory mediators that agitate the glutamate receptors and the glutamate receptors start releasing things that agitate the, uh, the, uh, the immune cells. And that's called neuroinflammation and CBD works at both sides of that to turn that down. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I was talking to somebody and they were talking about, um, there's a few doctors in the United States, not very many who don't believe in, um, psychiatric medication and they have a different way of treating people that are dealing with like severe depression or anxiety yeah. or panic attacks where they, it's, they use these medications that they have a lot of side effects still, but less that just block the glutamate channel in the body. Um, yeah. so I was just learning, but you can, it sounds like you could use that with CBD. Inflammation in the brain causes depression, hands down. So what kind of things are causing inflammation? So you can just block the glutamate channels, but you know it's going to make you a little bit dull. Your yeah. memory's not going to be as good. You're not going to be quite as sharp. You know, it's better to go after the inflammation. You know, one of my favorite and good radical doctor friends is Kelly Brogan, uh, and she. Oh, works- I love her. She's. I love her. So she works out of New York City, and her whole job is to rescue her karma of putting all the women on the antidepressants long by removing inflammogens and you know remove inflammogens from your diet learn how to breathe learn how to do yoga learn how to think and she was only using homeopathics and the first supplement she put back in the retinue was our bitters oh really interesting that is so cool yeah i love her i love her whole everything that she's about she's she's absolutely amazing and again it goes back to like 
really, it's like our bodies have the innate capacity to heal. And what can we use? Like, because we live in, you know, this crazy world right now where there's not only tons of fear, but there's like tons of pesticides and toxins and heavy metals and, you know, all of these things that we have to deal with in the air and breathing in glyphosate and everything. So we need these things to help remind our bodies and help our bodies, like you were saying, like open up the detoxification pathways or calm our nervous system or, you know, whatever it is. But um, And let's just hit quickly because it's so damned important what fear does to your body's natural healing apparatus. Fear puts you in fight or flight. It's what's called sympathetic dominance. And you take all of your energy and you prioritize running or fighting. And you deprioritize all the things that come on the parasympathetic side. Rest, mm-hmm. digest, repair, regenerate detoxify. You deprioritize healing when you're in a fear state. You deprioritize detoxification when you're in a a fear state. And so chronically being told to be in fear and going along with it, as they tell us all the time, is making you a chronic toxin accumulator and giving you a chronically weak immune system. Exactly. Hallelujah. I I totally agree with you. It's like all this fear. And then it's like, not even just like we already deal with fear, but now it's like a fear of like your body doesn't know how to deal with X, Y, and G. Like, and so you go, people are wearing masks 24 seven and you're scared. You're scared to breathe in ear. Yeah. I mean, I, I even, you know, would go as far as to say like, going out, taking your shoes off, walking in nature, moving your arms and your legs, taking a brisk walk in the sunshine. I mean, yep. what is the the benefit of that is exponential and that's free and so easy for people to do just, you know, every day. So important. And all that movement moves all of your lymphatic channels. And if you're trying to detoxify, that's one of the things people get all bound up in their lymph and they stop moving and stuff. And it's the movement that opens up and moves those. And the sun is making vitamin D and the infrared energy is uh, creating structured water in your body. Like get out there and open up and your perceptional change when your eyes see a long distance, you suddenly become unlimited. You stop living in the limitation of this little room that you're in and, uh, you know, the possibilities all, you know, all grow in your brain again and everything becomes handleable again. Right. And you're because you're really, truly connecting with there is, you know, the roots in the earth and, you know, everything in the air and and really connecting with nature. And I think that's why some people say, oh, connecting with nature or what I'm going to go on a walk. But um, the healing benefits. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the fear thing, because, you know, these taking supplements is important. And there's a place for all of that. And it is really important, especially if you feel like you're getting sick or for your immune system or, you know, or you don't need a healthy diet. But it's so important to also mention, you know, being in nature and just reminding your body that it can heal. Like you don't have to take a pill, your body, you know, if you get in the right mental state and you're outside and and that is a lot of work. I'm not saying it's not because we're conditioned not to do that, but it is such an important part of the healing process. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. That is so important. I hope everybody really heard that. Well, I am so happy I got to talk to you today and thank you so much for um, educating us on, you know, the heavy metals and all of the supplements. And um, I wanted to ask you one last question. What, like, what percentage of the population do you think um, has a heavy metal burden? Or would you also like, if we were saying heavy metals, or let's just say toxic burden, I mean, if we're going into like glyphosate and things. 
yeah, toxic, it's everybody has some degree, you know, and who are impacted by it, you know, probably 60, 70%. And metals is a smaller, uh, it's a smaller burden now. We're sort of the tail end of the metals generation. You know, there was lead paint. They put mercury in our mouths. Every, all the stuff we used were metal. The vaccine. Uh, and, and yeah, we were getting it all ways around. And now it's more of a plastics endocrine disruptors thing. Mm-hmm. I was just at an event that, you know, people were pretty healthy. And I talked to three girls, young girls between their 20s to 30s that, you know, weren't cycling or they had mm-hmm. really weird periods and stuff and, you know, was helping them with protocols for that. And I was like, whoa, I was, you know, I was there to talk about hormones and I was thinking I was going to talk to the perimenopausal and the menopausal women. I was talking to the young women. It's because of the endocrine disruptors. They grew up in the plastics generation. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, we, there's a lot of people that we live a really clean lifestyle. Like I only eat organic. I try to do all the right and drink super clean spring water and everything. And I did a, um, another, a great plains test. Um, And like that, my, the styrene that, that came out of my urine was like in the hundredth percentile and no, we we could not figure out, they were like, do you work at a gasoline station or something? Uh, And I'm like, no, I have an organic food company. And so it's like, even being a conscious person, you're still out there exposed to these things in the air and the water and the products that you use. So it, you know, that's how detox is just a fundamental and it's always got to be good. And we make our own toxins too, you know, metabolism, living has toxins with so we just have to do these things and some things are beyond our control. Yeah. So that's why it's great that you have the liver sauce and the ultra binder because, you know, just because there are certain things that are out of our control, but not to go into yeah. fear about it, but just be able to use, use your tools. Be empowered. Well, yes, exactly. Be empowered. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully I'll get to meet you someday in person, but I really appreciate you taking the time. And it was really great to listen to the, all of the wisdom that you have to share. It was great doing this with you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us at the You Are Love podcast. For more episodes just like this, please subscribe. This is Nika, and I'm wishing you a beautiful day.